hello, and welcome to We, we like, like Stuff and So Should You. Yeah, we recorded a much better intro. It was all Melissa, and then the microphone wasn't working, so we lost it. Yeah, I'm not doing it again. It was too good. Was, there was no way. It was the best intro in the world. This is just a trip. <laughs> I was going to address it, but then you did it, so it's fine. But, um, yeah, this is a show where we talk about the stuff that we like, and we hope that you might enjoy it too, or maybe reignite a passion of yours if you already like something. Uh, this is Melissa. Hello. This is Brendo P. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we're uh, transmitting. What's what's that? We're broadcasting to the facilities of Trent Radio at One of those was right. Um, yeah. I feel like we've had quite a time. Already? Mm. The energy is very off, but it's not tired energy. So I don't know what this is. It's tired energy coming from me. Alright, there there you go, I guess. But it's not Mis- at the fun stage. Mystery it's... solved. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I'm exhausted. And I wonder why. Mm, mystery. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Do you have any little likes today? Uh, I do. Uh, Pop-Tarts. Mm. I really like Pop-Tarts. Like, an aggressive amount. Uh, and all throughout, like, when I was doing school, because it's basically summer right now, when I was doing school, I basically just, uh, anytime I would get too tired to do any work, I would just eat Pop-Tarts, and I feel like that would be, like, the sugar that my brain needed uh, to continue working. Um, plus, it just tastes really good. Uh, double chocolate is usually the one that I get. They didn't have that at Sobeys uh, last time, so I got some strawberry nonsense. But it's all sugar. It's all I needed. What about you? Mm, I'm not a huge fan of Pop-Tarts. I'm asking about your little... <laughs> I know. I'm just saying. I think they're fine, but... Uh... Not my favorite thing. My little like today is pick cruise. That's fair. But yeah, what are pick cruise? Things where you can like make little avatars of characters. I was asking for our audience, not for me. So you can explain it to them. I see. <laughs> there are things where you can make little avatars of characters. <laughs> They have a bunch of pre-generated designs for like facial features, clothes, hair, and they're all different ones. You can make like fantasy characters, you can make like chibi characters, you can make um, like RPG style characters, anime style characters. Um, They have pickers for like making like a altar. They have ones for making like um, altar. Uh, yeah. What's that? 
like an altar where you do like spells or sacrifices. Oh, I see, I see. Mm -hmm. They have ones for like making broomsticks, like just anything you can think of. Not making just... broomsticks? Yeah, like designing like a fantasy broomstick. Like there's a pit crew just for broomsticks? Yeah. Oh, okay. This is the altar one. Oh, I see. Yeah. And they have ones that are just like a face, ones that are full bodies, ones that like... Yeah. There's like a bunch of different ones. And it's really fun just to like use the different options and see what you can come up with. Um, and I always like making characters that um, I feel like represent me and I think it's really fun. So, yeah, I like the crews. That's good. Yeah. Did you want to start? I don't remember who went last time. You can. Uh, okay, well, I w uh, my thing might be long, so I was planning on going in the middle, just in case. Unless you weren't ready? No, I'm ready. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, my thing is, um... Or my first thing for this week's episode is glass blowing. <laughs> um, we started watching Blown Away on Netflix, and uh, let me tell you, I was blown away. How dare you? I was. I didn't know you could do that many things with glass. I really huh. didn't. I knew you could, like, I've seen, like, people make, like, little figurines and stuff, like, horses and, <laughs> like, things like that. And, like, obviously cups and vases and glassware of different sorts. Okay, but... is it vases or vases? They slapped his face on every vase, on every vase. I don't know. Okay. That's from Hercules. I know. They didn't answer the question. It made it more, it made it worse. Mm-hmm. That's my goal. <laughs> um, yeah. The uh, glass building is really cool. Um, it's um, basically people take a bunch of different... I still don't really understand how it works, to be honest. But uh, you have a bunch of like hot so stuff. Do you know what glass is made out of? Yeah. Chemicals sand okay and hot heat yeah and you just you just melt it yeah so what don't you understand i don't know i didn't know the proper words to describe it I, what were the did did we just figure out some words no i guess i just didn't rem really remember what went in it i was thinking it was oh, sand I see. and i didn't know the chemicals so oh i see no i thought no i thought sand was a a great word that's why i was confused as to why yeah, I just wasn't sure. Okay. Um, so, yeah. Um, and it's put into a thing called a glory hole, which is an interesting name for yeah, that. Yeah, I don't, I, like, I'm still, there has to have been a, that could not have been the first case of the term glory hole. Or maybe it was, because glass blowing has been a thing, or, like, glass making has been a thing for, like, centuries. So maybe... Mm -hmm. Yep, since first century BC. Really? Mm-hmm. Who, who was doing that? Let me tell you. Um, but before I get into that, I just want to say that, uh, yeah, 
glass blowing is very cool. I didn't know how much technique and how many different ways you could make glass. I didn't realize how people added color to glass and I still don't really understand how it ends up looking so nice after you just like dump all these globs on top of each other. <laughs> like it's it's amazing to me how like you can get it to look so clear and refined from like what looks not like that at all and I mean I don't really understand how that works or how you know and then there's people who like blow glass which you use like the long pole and you blow into it and some people like sculpt glass which is like using a little torch um, but it's very interesting to see the ways that glass can be manipulated because I feel like for myself I've always been um, I guess glass has always made me like slightly uneasy because it's so breakable ah. like having glass things like with, we used to have these like really thin wine glasses and they were like fine but they broke like every time you tried to wash them they would break and i'd be like what is happening i'm pretty sure i broke three of them and you, you might have broken the fourth yeah so i feel like glass is such a precarious thing so to see it in this like hot form just being like pulled around like taffy like yeah it's like or like it looks like those like hard candies when it's just like melted like the cornstarch and stuff like hard candy before you like pull it i i was i was with you up until you said the cornstarch well it's a lot of corn it's corn syrup <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, or, or just sugar in general. But it's yeah. just cornstarch. It's all <laughs> cornstarch. Everything you eat is cornstarch. But yeah, it's really cool to uh, see that globby, globbiness become this like really breakable piece of art. Um, and, you know, a lot of the time, or some of the time, the art does get broken, and then it's very stressful. But also, a lot of the time, it uh, works out, and it's, like, very impressive that mm -hmm. these really delicate pieces are able to be um, made in such a short amount of time around such a hot furnace. Um, so I looked up some fun facts about glass blowing, and I was going to share some. Um, a small breath of air is sufficient for blowing glass. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it just sounded like you were done. <laughs> I am. That's the only, that's the only fact. Gotcha. Um, when blowing through a blowpipe, glass blowers only need to produce enough air to blow out a candle or fill a balloon. That little puff of air is essential to forming glass into the proper shape, but doesn't take as much effort as you might think. Controlling how much air is injected into the glass is an important aspect of glass blowing that beginners focus on in the early stages of education. Um, some interesting facts. Um, glass blowing was invented in the first century BCE. The ancient Syrians are credited with inventing glass blowing as we know it today. Prior to the creation of glass blowing, glass artisans were restricted to creating opaque bowls that imitated those made of metal. These contained small bubbles from the firing process that turned green or yellow due to impurities in the glass. The invention of glass blowing allowed craftsmen to create a wide variety of high qu higher quality objects. Cool, yeah. So it's been around for a long time. Um, Glass blowing as a process hasn't changed much since the 1600s. Interesting. I feel like that makes sense. 
Yeah, it's kind of like the machinery and the process is very simple. It's just a really hot oven in a in a hollow tube. <laughs> um, molten glass is twenty one thousand degrees. 20, not 21,000, 2,100 degrees Fahrenheit. Gotcha. Um, it's extremely hot. It's the same temperature as lava from a volcano. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, like, well, when you look at it, um, aside from, like, the other types of impurities that rock is just made out of, glass is just a different type of rock. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess glass is just mineral, kind of, but yeah. Yes, it's, uh, it is really interesting, though. Um, yeah, I, 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 uh, did not realize it was that hot. The same here, like, I understand that that's really hot, but hearing it, that it's the same temperature as lava makes it seem even worse, (laughs) even more hot. Well, uh, like, uh, and, and a side note on the fact that like the process hasn't changed. Um, I kept, uh, I always found this like story, uh, online that, um, Basically, like, the, the anecdotal version of it uh, is, like, paleontologists or... Well, who are the people that, like, look at... Um, archaeologists? Yeah, archaeologists. They found, like, tools made out of bones um, that go back to, like, Neanderthal uh, times. And they're, like, made out of uh, rib bones and no one could figure out what they were until they started, like, asking around different... Um, like, instead of, like, scientists and other, like, people of that nature, they asked, like, uh, like, journeyman, I guess, is the word that works, and it's not the word I was looking for, but it'll do. Um, <clears throat> and a leather worker was like, oh, yeah, th- that's what, uh, that's what you use to, uh, it's called a leather burnisher. Uh, and that's what you use to, like, work oil into the pores of leather to make sure it's, like, waterproof and stuff like that. Um, because it's still what they use. Like, a good leather worker will still use bone tools because they don't break and they don't damage the leather. And that hasn't changed for, like, 50,000 years or something like that. And, like, all, all once you, like... I'm sure there are technically are ways to uh, make, like, um, those kinds of processes better. But once you have something good, it's like, why would you change it? Yeah. And, like, we all, to all the access of, like... I mean, ideally, it would be nice not to have to stand by that really hot furnace, but I feel like there's, <laughs> no, there's no way around that. I don't think you could physically change the uh, melting points of uh, certain substances. Make a longer stick. I don't know. But then... Make it so that it's a really hot thing. Mm-hmm. A wall really air-conditioned but you, so that would be worse for the environment the furnace is already bad for the environment yeah i was thinking for the person ah, individually i see so we're just throwing the whole earth out <laughs> that wasn't my intention but i guess <laughs> i just see those people sweating and i feel really bad for them no, but i guess fair. the glass would just bust if it was really cold and it well just be the like, other thing <laughs> The other thing, too, is that you, because, like, they need immediate access to the glass, they're constantly touching it with, like, wet wood or wet paper towel, no, uh, newspaper, and, like, using, like, tongs or tweezers to, like, pull and shape things. Mm-hmm. If they had, like, that kind of insulation, it'd be like, all right, I'm going into the hot room. I'm coming back out in a sec. So it's just, like, a whole nonsense nightmare. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I just... 
I, I don't know if I should talk about it more. Why not? Unless you don't have anything else to add. Yeah, not really. But okay. I just Yeah, I just really enjoyed the show and learning about glass blowing, and um, I never really thought about glass blowing before this point in time, and now I think about it a lot. Um, it's very entertaining to see someone create such beautiful and unique things out of essentially the same material it's it's like clay when people can make really cool stuff yeah it's like you're taking this material and just like crafting it into something really awesome um and it's just really cool to see people who are really awesome at their craft and have a place to show it yeah there were like there weren't anybody on that show (sighs) unfortunately except for the first episode of the second season um there was an unfortunate woman who was trying to make... She wasn't unfortunate. Uh, the, the product was unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, there was a woman who was trying to make a, a teddy bear uh, to kind of represent herself a, a bit, to kind of show like all the love that she has to give, I believe. Uh, and the bear just kind of looked like a rat. The ears were too big and the, the snout was too big. Um, but yeah, no, it was the, like everybody on that... And even so, like what she was doing up until like the smaller details was really good. Um, but yeah, everybody on that show seemed like they deserved to be there. It was wild to see so much, so many different styles of art. And just kind of like any kind of art, like even the finale, um, like the, 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 it was so drastic in how different the two pieces were at the very end, just because there's so much you can do with, with that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for talking to us about that. You're welcome. <laughs> what? You just seem very tired. I am. I am. Mm-hmm. Well, my thing might be a longer thing, which is kind of why I wanted to go in the middle. Um, so earlier way 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 earlier maybe like within like the first 10 episodes we ever did i talked about the legend of zelda uh and i specifically talked about skyward sword uh and how i really like that game and the game got a lot of flack from people just because it it utilized the motion controls a lot um but one of the other things that i really liked about it was that it was canonic it is still um canonically the first game in the series um and the most uh I guess what's the what's the what Zelda games do you know of? Mm, the only way that I the one only one I ever played was Twilight Princess. Oh okay. Um, but I know of Skyward Sword. I know of Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. I know of um, Breath of the Wild. Of course. Yeah, that one's the newest one. Um, and there's another one that I can't remember the name of. That That's okay. I know. Of. It got a lot of water. Yeah. Wind Waker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's actually that I feel like that's more common. I haven't like asked anybody or like looked up a study, but those few are typically the most popular. Um, usually, Ocarina of Time, Breath of um, Breath of the Wild, or um, Twilight Princess. Those were like really popular. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and I know about Hyrule Warriors. Does that count? Technically, yes, uh, because. Uh, there is a whole video uh, by Brian David Gilbert, or is that his name? Brian. I don't know. 
Who is that? BGG. I think that's uh, it's the it's the Saturday Short Sky. Oh yeah. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, look up Saturday Shorts, uh, Brian David Gilbert. You'll find a very fun video, I'm sure. Or he has another video. Um, uh, he, 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 I'm pretty sure he made like Vine-esque videos at some point. It, it was very wild. But there was one, anyways. Uh, so my whole point is that uh, Ocarina of Time is typically one of the more popular ones and Ocarina of Time did something wild to the uh, canon or the storyline of The Legend of Zelda and that's kind of what I want to talk about because they they did something so wild with uh, The Legend of Zelda and the storyline. Not necessarily everything technically makes sense or you're sometimes like spanning like centuries or millennia between games. Uh, because that's just how things work out. Um, but yeah, I just want to talk about like the weird timeline of The Legend of Zelda. Um, effectively, it kind of starts out with uh, the goddess Hylia creating basically the world, and she created uh, the, the three main gods that you'll basically always find in all the games. Uh, they were Nehru, Furore, and Din. Um, that was wisdom, courage, and power. The three goddesses, they created all the world and life and everything was great. Uh, and then uh, when they, actually, the, no, they created the world. Hylia came afterwards. Uh, they created the world and then they left and then they were like, okay, the world is good. Everything should be fine. Um, we're going to leave the Triforce behind, which is a representation of all of our power, and if anybody touches it, they can get literally whatever they want. Uh, and, yep, just gods, eh? Gods and their... Um, their wily ways. And ineffable ways. Um, they, put it, they put it in the Sacred Realm, some, like, dimensional place, and it was guarded by the goddess Hylia. Um, demons showed up amongst other races that were on like in the world like gorons those big rocky dudes i um, like those guys yeah uh, i think i don't know if zora were there at the beginning uh, but gorons were like always there gorons were in skyward sword and it's my favorite thing about them they've been there since like the beginning of time i know about goron city and <laughs> i know about zora's domain yeah there it is and i know about kuraku village that's very close uh, uh Kakariko Village. See? I know. <laughs> um, Hyrule so, Castle Town. Yep, that's a place. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the so... Big Tree. Yep. What's the tree's name? Deku? Yeah. Hell yeah. This girl plays video games. Watch out, world. <laughs> Here I come. <laughs> I know about who Frodo is. <laughs> <laughs> um... So yeah, everything was kind of like hanging out. Uh, demons came about and they were like, I want that, as you do with inherently evil things. Uh, and then there was the Demon King Demise, who came about, he, he like collected all the different demon tribes and was like, I want that, help me. Uh, so they did, they like waged this horrible, terrible war. Um, and the goddess Hylia fought this war and was like freaking out and was like, uh, I guess Hyrule, like this land is not safe. I'm gonna take all my people to the sky, uh, and then she did, and that was Skyward Sword. 
So when you play Skyward Sword, all of that has already happened, and you're playing as some of the descendants of the people that uh, Hylia, the goddess Hylia saved. And it was just wild. Um, and you play the game, I think I, I talked about this when I talked about Skyward Sword, but you play the game, you go through all the stuff, you go back down to the world, and you fight all these demons. Um, the Master Sword doesn't exist yet, you have to like build it and power it up with like courage, wisdom, and, and power. Um, well, this is, this is just the three things. You have to like do all these trials and prove that you're worthy and prove that the Master Sword should exist. Um, and you end up beating the, the King Demise. Um, and as he dies, he's like, hey, uh, I wanted this so terribly bad. And you're just like a lowly human peasant person. And I hate this. Uh, so with my death, I curse you to an eternal cycle. Um, anybody who is anybody who is basically a reincarnation of you will always have a reincarnation of me to come and fight you. I will come and try and kill you, and that is my that is my wish into the world. Is that what's his face? Uh, so that is why the the incarnation of Ganondorf came about. Yeah. So that was their way of like explaining it all. It was really cool. Um, or at least I think so. It was just like a whole thing. Like they had all these games. There were so many games. What a dwarf. <laughs> so like there was um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. There were basically like, uh, unless I'm wrong, there were basically like between 13 to 15 games and then they dropped Skyward Sword on us and was like, hey, this is why. This is why there's always someone looking for the Triforce. This is why Ganondorf is so gosh darn powerful. It's literally a curse into existence that the Demon King was like, screw it. If I have to die, I'm never going to let you sleep. I'm always going to be here. Um... Then Skyward Sword happened, there was a game called the... <laughs> what? I'm gonna punch you so hard, your great-great-grandson's gonna feel it. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm very upset that that's exactly how it works. Um, so then there was a game called the Minish Cap. It was really fun, um, but it's not really worth talking about. Uh, they they had these like little people called the Bakori, um, and there was a different sword that they... Picori, <laughs> and then there was like a different sword that they helped make. They helped the like Hylians or humans out. Greg, I see you. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, yes, our rats are very cute. <laughs> um, and then that game happened. Who knows how long, how much time passed? And then we had uh, canonically uh, Ocarina of Time. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> So in Ocarina of Time, oh, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate the attempt and the uh, withdrawal, uh, knowing that it was too much, but I appreciate the attempt of it anyways. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to try again. Sometime. I understand. I'm going to do my best not to say the name. Yeah. So in the game, mm-hmm. um, you take your Ocarina and you effectively travel back and forth through time. Uh, you go, f- uh, you, you basically... Ganondorf is uh, being all wily, trying to get access to the Sacred Realm. So as a kid, you uh, are basically entrusted by Princess Zelda. Of Zelda. <laughs> that incarnation of Princess Zelda. She's like, I know this Ganondorf man. He's, has got evil, he's got evil in his heart. 
Um, uh, and uh, the only way to get access to the Sacred Realm is to go to Zoro's domain, the Kokiri Forest, um, and uh, like the Gorons, and get their spiritual stones, uh, because the spiritual stones, the keys to the Sacred Domain, or the Sacred Realm, uh, was entrusted across the land because one person should not have access. Um, so as a kid... Classic tale. Yeah. Uh, and like, there was technically like a huge war before this. Uh, the the Hyalians uh, and Hyrule Castle basically like united the land. So everybody was like, okay, uh, Hyrule Castle is kind of where it's at. Princess Zelda, sure. Uh, we're, we're, we're all we're all for it. I don't think there was no like immediate or um, upfront animosity in the game uh, in the characters. Oops. Uh, so yeah, you you do all that. You get all the sac- uh, sacred stones. Uh, you go in, and the master sword is there, uh, and you go touch it. And uh, as you touch it, uh, Ganondorf is like, just like, kind of like, trailing you. Do you have, like, avatar state of, like, seeing all the past versions of yourself? No. No, that's not it. Um, but there was a really sad moment uh, at the end of Skyward Sword. Uh, you typically have, like, a companion character. Um, either the fairy, Midna, and Twilight Princess. Uh, you don't have one in... I like Midna. She's cool. Yeah. She's, she was the best. Uh, and in uh, Skyward Sword, you had Fee, who was the sword. The sword itself that you pulled... Uh, and had to upgrade into the Master Sword. That was Fee. Uh, and once her duty... Because she's iron? No, it was F.I. Oh. Um, she's pretty good, though. It would have been good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, once she like finished her duty, and you saved the world, you, you banished Demise, uh, Princess Zelda was saved. Excuse me. Um, she basically is like, hey... My duty is now done. Like the goddess Hylia entrusted me with this, and now it's done. I, uh, I'm going to sleep indefinitely. I will never wake up because my. So she dies. Well, no, she's the sword. So oh, she right. exists forever. Right. And basically, all throughout the game, she's she's straight up just a robot. And at the end, she's like, I think I understand human emotion, and I'm so terribly upset that I'm going to witness every incarnation of you, the one person I got to meet. And entrust and, and and like basically love, and I'm never gonna be able to talk to you ever again. Aww. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, so yeah, that's your sword. You touch the sword. You touch the sword as a child, as a ten year old child. And the sword, as a defense mechanism, was like, hey, you shouldn't have this. You're the guy, but you can't have this yet because that's wild. He's the guy. A ten year old fighting evil? Absolutely not. So the sword is like. I'm gonna put you in the sacred realm for seven years. You need to at least be like kind of an adult. Um, but in that time, Ganondorf came in behind you and was like, "Hey, idiot! Thanks for opening the sacred realm. You stupid! It's mine." And he takes the Triforce. Uh, and because if you're not pure of heart, the Triforce splits into its component parts, finding people that represent courage, power, and wisdom. Link gets courage. Ganondorf gets power. Princess Zelda gets wisdom. Um, and then, yeah, you have to kind of figure it all out. So, yeah, Ganondorf does that. Um, and because there's that time jump, when you play the game, you you do all the things, you clear all the dungeons, you go f- fight Ganon, you kill him, everything's great. And then Princess Zelda is like, hey, you did us such a great service, but I effectively robbed you of your childhood. I'm sending you back to 10 is years old. Is that why he, he can't talk? No, God, no. 
He just he's always a mute character because that's how the game wants to be. Yeah. Uh, actually, I mean, he can say yeah. Well, there was a there was a weird TV show that existed where he talked. Yeah, and his his catchphrase was um, something. I'll have to look it up. It was like something about the princess. His voice was so buck wild. Princess time. <laughs> Um, it's Link time! <laughs> so, because of Ocarina of Time, there are now three diverging paths of the timeline. And this is where everything gets wild. So, um, basically, there is a timeline where Link dies. Hmm. And phy- like physically, not canonically, physically, the first game to ever exist... Um, is a part of that timeline. Uh, if the hero dies, basically Ganondorf uh, gets the Triforce, takes over the world, uh, and just like destroys a bunch of stuff. And then you have um, a whole war. I think they end up killing him at, at some point. Um, and, and then you have the games uh, A Link to the Past, Oracle of Ages and, and Seasons, uh, Link's Awakening, uh, and then the original, The Legend of Zelda, and The Adventure of Link. So those those two... How many games are there? There's like 17. So all those games follow the line of, you played Ocarina of Time and you died. You didn't, you didn't do it. Ganondorf won. And there was a whole war, they ended up fighting and beating Ganondorf at some point, he was resurrected, and then all that nonsense happened. Uh, it was just wild, and it's just so cool... That like, obviously, I th- I feel like in the uh, like initial conception of the Legend of Zelda, they were just making stuff. They were just like, this is cool, and then they started making more games, and then they were, they probably got to like five, and was like, we gotta do something about this. How do we, how how do we do this? And then with Ocarina of Time, because time is weird, they were like, maybe, and then they started putting all the pieces together after that. They're like, we figured it out. Time loops. Pretty much, um, well, and, and there's like there's like so many, uh, what, redu- no. Roxanne. <laughs> what what is the what is it called? Redundancies? No, um, paradoxes. Where like there's one timeline where Zoras come about, or 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 um, so you know you know in Breath of the Wild how there's those bird people. Mm-hmm. In the in the timeline, the Wind Waker. Um, they have evolved from the Zora. That's weird. It is. But in Breath of the Wild, they both exist. So Breath of the Wild is like that weird... It's, it is canon. Everything has happened that has happened. But people are theorizing that Breath of the Wild is like a culmination of, of all three storylines coming back into one somehow. And we don't know why. Brian David Gilbert did a whole video about it. And at the very end, he made the joke that Hyrule Warriors is the key to bring everything together because of all the characters that exist in that game. Uh, and it collapsed all those timelines into one to make Breath of the Wild. It was very good. It was a very, It's a very good video. Everybody should watch it. <laughs> Um, so then, um, after that... he was a Hyrule warrior. Momo. <laughs> uh, so after all that, um, in that decline timeline, it's called, uh, Ganondorf basically just goes insane with power, and by the end of the games, like, the, the, 
the Legend of Zelda, like that canonical game and everything like that, when you fight Ganon, he's just a monster. Like he's not like, when you fight Ganon, he's typically like super cunning and super smart. In those games, he's just a nightmare. He's just like this giant pig boar monster that's trying to kill everything. He doesn't know what's going on. He just likes power and he wants it and everybody's afraid of him. Um, when you have the child timeline, when Zelda sends you back and everything is good, um, you then get uh, Majora's Mask, which is a direct continuation. Oh, of Majora's Mask. I knew that one. I know you did. Uh, did you get a direct continuation that's of That's the one I was thinking about. Well, that's the one I based our D&D campaign off of. Where the, yeah. The, yeah. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking about when you said Wind Waker, but I also uh, knew that one. Gotcha, gotcha. But, yeah. Uh, and then after Majora's Mask, after however many, like, centuries or whatever, you have uh, Twilight Princess. Uh, and then you have some... Uh, BS game called uh, Four Swords Adventures. It was fine. It was kind of like a multiplayer game, though. Uh, but yeah, Twilight Princess was really cool. That had Midna, um, and it had a really cool um, segment. Be a wolf. Yeah, he turned into a wolf because the hero uh, did of... not like the monkey. <laughs> well, the hero of legend. Uh, so, so like at the beginning, there was a whole tribe of magic users, um, and I can't remember what they were called. But, um... Magic boys. <laughs> they were effectively, um... They were... They, they, they saw the power that, like, the Sacred Realm had, and they were like, we want to use this for bad. Uh, and they were basically defeated, and I, I can't remember who did it, but they were banished to the Twilight Realm. They were basically banished to, like, the inverse world. Um... And at that point, they um, they kind of like regressed. They were just like, oh, I, yeah, I guess we did this to ourselves. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, and Midna was part of that. She's the queen of um, the Twilight. Uh, and at some point during the history of Twilight Princess, Ganondorf still existed. Like at the end of Ocarina of Time, you basically seal Ganondorf away in the Sacred Realm without anything. You take the Triforce away from him and you steal him in the Sacred Realm. And you're just like, hey, sorry guy. Whoops. And it's really great. You stab him in the chest. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, and in Twilight Princess, they were kind of talking about how Ganondorf was still like rumbling with power. And they were like, well, we need to do something about that. So the seven sages that existed um, pulled Ganondorf out and they were going to banish him to the Twilight Realm. Uh, they did, uh, but it turns out that he still had the Triforce of Power. Like, the Triforce never came back together. So he still had the Triforce of Power. When they took him out of the Sacred Realm, he was like, you stupid, you stupid, stupid idiots. He ends up killing one of the sages. They banish him to the Twilight Realm. And in the Twilight Realm, Ganondorf finds some Twilight person that just lived there. His name was Zant. And he was like, hey, I have lots of power. Help me take more. And Zant was like, okay. Uh, and that's the whole game of Twilight Princess. It's really cool. Um, That's really cool. And then the last and final one, uh, Link gets sent back in time in Ocarina of Time, but the adult timeline still exists. Because time is weird and we don't know how it actually works, but if you take someone out of time, it doesn't stop that time. Like, if you, if you view time as rivers, if you take somebody out of one river, the river still flows, it's just they don't exist in it anymore. Uh, so in the adult timeline, let me see if I can. 
Uh, uh, da, 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 da. So it is dubbed the Arrow Without a Hero. Uh, many years after resealing the door of time, Ganondorf breaks the bonds that was holding him in a sacred realm, and there was no hero. Link didn't exist in that that universe anymore. Um, so he was just like, "Yeah, I guess uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take over." <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, uh, the king of Hyrule at the time uh, basically prayed to the gods um, and was like, "We can't do this." help us and the gods were like hey um we're gods so we're whack uh get that was exact words huh pretty much because the gods were like hey take everybody to the highest mountains we're flooding this some noah's ark well that's wind waker oh right yeah God, because it, it's especially true because in Wind Waker, in the in the game, the main storyline, you have to start finding pieces of one of the pieces of the Triforce. I think you you have to find pieces of the Triforce of Courage, like it was broken apart. Ganondorf still exists. He's still on the run. He, the whole storyline of that game is that Ganondorf is kidnapping girls um, with pointy ears because he's looking for Zelda. He's looking for Zelda because she has the Triforce of Wisdom. It's a, it's a whole thing. I, like, the way all these storylines connect, I, I, it was just so cool. And I just thought it was worth talking about. It's 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 one of the reasons why I love uh, The Legend of Zelda so much. Um, but yeah, so the Great Sea appears. You have uh, the Wind Waker. Um, and uh, you end up finding Ganondorf. You end up going under the sea to Hyrule Castle. And you see... Under the sea. No. Thank you, though. <laughs> uh, you see kind of like the state of Hyrule Castle as every as the gods basically froze everything and it was like yeah I guess um, uh, and King Daphne's uh, the king of Hyrule basically uh, like he helps you out no don't do that word sorry our rat is like climbing all over the place he looks like he's gonna fall but he's really not Rats are very... They're very agile. Versatile, yes. I know. He scares me when he's up there, so he's not holding on. Okay. Um, okay. But yeah, even in the... Uh, so even in Wind Waker, one of the main storylines is that at, at coming of age, at, I think at like either at age 10 or 12, all young boys are given uh, uh, the hero's clothes, which are a representation of the green tunic that the... Ocarina of Time Link War. Hmm. Yeah, it's a whole thing. And they they explain that green tunic and they explain the Hyrule shield. If you ever look at the Hyrule uh, Hylian shield, um, it always has a red bird on it. Um, in Skyward Sword, I think I talked about this when I first talked about it, like all the way back. Um, in Skyward Sword, um, every year they have, uh, they ha sorry, every, they basically have like a school for, um, like the Skyloft guards, and they fly on these giant birds, loft wings, uh, and they have uh, a different color like tunic to designate their year of graduation, basically. And Link's year was green, because the year before was orange, and it's just it just happened to be that his year was green. So when he became the hero of the entire world, that was the embodiment of the hero of Hyrule. 
Um, and it just continued on that way. Um, so yeah, you have uh, uh, Wind Waker. Uh, you end up doing a lot of stuff. You end up defeating Ganondorf. Um, and when you're talking to the king, um, who was kind of like the original king from way back when, he was like, hey, um, I did this. And like kind of gesturing to everything. He's like, I did this and I made a mistake. It's time to abandon Hyrule. Like there are other places to live. There are other places to be. Hyrule is not the world. It's over for us. Like let us be. And then you have uh, the, the next game, which was, um, it was called uh, Sphere Tracks. And it was just like another game that kind of followed the Wind Waker Scott, uh, timeline, uh, which was really nice. Uh, and then, yeah, there was just, like, other things that happened in that. Uh, oh, Phantom Hourglass and then Spirit Tracks, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, those that's the timeline of The Legend of Zelda. It's just so wild. Um, and then, yeah, we have Breath of the Wild, which I'm not sure if I ever talked about. One day I'll spend, like, a whole episode just talking about that. Um, but yeah, I really like The Legend of Zelda. And time is always weird to try and talk about in, in certain media because it's depending on your take on it, uh, time can be like redundant or recursive or like it's fate. Um, any story that where time is depicted as being fate uh, always bothers me because then it removes free will. And it's just like, once you remove free will, it's like, no, this, this story is not being, um, you're not living through the story anymore. It's just like, you're, you have no control over your body. I don't care about the story because like that, nothing matters. If, the, if, if time has to loop and has to circle, nothing matters anymore. And it's always bugged me, but that's my own take on time. Um, but yeah, the, the way The Legend of Zelda does time... Time after time. Very good. Uh, which is I'm very... just adding flavor. No, I appreciate it, because it's just me talking for basically half an hour. Uh, which I don't mind, but uh, not everybody's going to know about The Legend of Zelda. And if you don't have any precursor knowledge of The Legend of Zelda, this is nonsense. I've just described half an hour of nonsense. Uh, for the most part. It's manageable. It's not the worst thing I've ever described. But without, I didn't want to go into every single detail, um, which I think was a good decision on my part. Uh, but because of that, without any base knowledge, baseline knowledge, it's like... <sighs> Sorry, everybody. Uh, if you actually do listen to the show and you do care, I apologize for what I have just done. Uh, what's your second thing? How much time? Uh, we have 15 minutes. Oh, that's yeah. a lot of time. Yeah, well, 13 minutes, but you know. I didn't think I would have that much time. I, I was planning it, mm. but that's why I wanted to go second. Right, right. Yeah. Right. Well, um, my second thing is... It better not be the rats for the third time. Okay, first of all, rude. <laughs> if I chose it to be the rats for the third time, that would be great. And everyone would love to hear about that. More than fair. I apologize. Yeah, how dare you. Look at him. He is so beautiful. I know. They can't see him, though. You can. Ooh. Little Greg, he is beautiful. Kiss his back. Kiss his little head. <laughs> They're so cute. I just love them. Mm -hmm. Okay. My little like, um, little like, oh my gosh. My little like. My like thing, my big like, I guess. My other like 
Is uh My things, dinosaur <laughs> sound effects, dang. Yeah, you blew it. I did. Um it's uh going for walks. And specifically going to the Atonaby River. Mm. Which is by where we live. It's the river in Peterborough. The the one, the only it's not the only, but it's the one. Mm-hmm. It's the one that you think about when you think about Peterborough River mm-hmm. singular. Yeah, I, um, I've been thinking a lot about my connection to the land around which I live, and I feel like such an important part of that connection that keeps me drawn here is the river. Um, I really enjoy it. I think it's beautiful. It um, is really, there's lots of beautiful parks and trails and areas to sit around it. Um, there's always like ducks and stuff to watch it's also really nice to swim in as well yeah some areas are better than others but yes uh, <laughs> you can definitely go for a nice little dip in the summer it's really nice and i think just having um a body of water to like that's so accessible and so near it kind of transports you to um somewhere new Feel like we've been spending a lot of time in our homes because of the um, pandemic and I'm grateful that I'm able to get out of the house and be able to visit such a beautiful um, body of water. Um, I think it's, I feel very lucky to be able to do that. Um, I haven't been swimming yet this year. Did you go swimming last, like uh, when was the last time you went swimming in the river? Uh, I went a lot during my masters because um, yes. Aaron and I would go up at Trent, which is a really nice area because it's deeper there, so you can kind of yeah. jump in and you don't have to worry about touching the ground. I don't really like touching the bottom. I like it's always it's always slimy. Yeah, I like swimming in the deep part. So yeah, but um, I do really feel happy about. Oh, pardon me about being close to the um, river and Brendan and I went for a walk around there today and um, oh sorry um, Mike if you're listening it's uh, May nope it's June the 3rd I did go for that walk so screw you <laughs> I was gonna text him a picture of us on a walk and then I just didn't want to take out my phone because um, he said he would harass me to make sure I, I actually went uh, and now I have undeniable proof yeah. Yeah. Sorry, continue. It was lovely. And uh, one of the things that I also really love is that there's um, this area near the river called Millennial Park. What area? <laughs> what, what, what? Where? It's where we were today. Which part? We went a lot. Right where Oh, the yes. Beach. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry. Um, and that little stretch is really beautiful. And then you have the Silver Bean Cafe which I love the Silver Bean Cafe, it's so nice. Um, it's nice when you can actually sit there and enjoy your beverage, food, whatever. Um, but Brendan and I got an ice cream and smoothie. Which, um, just for my circumstance, um, it didn't actually bother me this time, which is great, but uh, smoothies almost will always have bananas, and I didn't expect it when I got my pineapple and mango smoothie that tasted just like bananas. So just uh, keep an eye out if you like smoothies. It was good though. It was good. I just wanted pineapple and mango, and they gave me a banana smoothie. Mm-hmm. Sorry, continue. I keep cutting in. That's okay. 
Um, but yeah, I really love this silver bead. Let me how I try to talk, I yawn. This is the first time you yawned. No, it's not. I don't believe you. I've been yawning, like, nonstop. I don't... I... I feel like I would have noticed, but I... I guess I haven't. I don't know. Um, anyway, the Silver Bean Cafe has Corthodary ice cream. They have a really delicious strawberry lemonade that I would highly recommend. Yes! They're I should have got that lemonade. Yeah, I thought about it as well. Yeah. Next time we go, we can get a lemonade. Um, and then we walked around um, the uh, sort of like east end, kind of around Hunter area, but like by the water. We went by like the big fountain that's like at Little Lake and it was like a really nice walk. And um, it makes you feel, like I said, like somewhere different. And I feel like that feeling of being somewhere different, um, like having that little escape mm -hmm. from your reality of indoors is, uh, very nice and relaxing and mentally refreshing so i feel like that's been something i've been looking forward to lately is spending time by the river because i feel like being by any body of water feels like a vacation I well i feel like it, it 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 is intrinsically tied to you a lot more because you have had your cottage as well yeah um for me like the river doesn't do it for me uh, but if I go to, like, uh, the ocean, like, not even Lake Superior, or, sorry, Lake Ontario really does it, um, but it's something about looking out the ocean and being like, damn, Lake that's Ontario's it. Lake Ontario's like that. I know, but it's different. I don't know, yeah. uh, and maybe I just haven't been in a while, but, like... I agree, the ocean is unparalleled for that feeling. Well, it's like, I, I've been to Lake Ontario, technically, well, doesn't, like, Oshawa would be... No. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely not. That is not the same. And that's that's my point. Like, looking out and it's, like, there's a vastness to it. Oh, it's for really sure. Big. It's just not the same as, like, going to the edge of a continent. Mm -hmm. That's all. Um, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess, like, just water in general works out a lot more for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, you're right, because I've been, like, associate a lot of my vacation from growing up with water because mm -hmm. we were we like boating a lot and then the cottage so I feel like yeah that's something that I really associate with relaxation and time away from things so being by the water helps me feel more at ease mm -hmm. for sure yeah there was people there was like a little island that uh it's very tiny it could fit like maybe 15 people head to toe probably less across uh and we were gonna go sit there and then as we went there was like a group of girls and then one one just separate dude on a bike that was just like hanging out there and i was like i don't want to be here there's too many people it really wasn't that many people but it was just like i don't want to share this space i wanted to be here with melissa i don't want to be here with melissa and some strangers uh-huh <laughs> what nothing that's just a weird antidote i don't know i was just excited because like like that was part of the the whole thing of like yeah i like it was great to go hang out by the water and then that was going to be our hangout and then it was like not today yeah that's okay it was still very nice i feel like i um really uh forget the effect that like just being outside has on me and then i like don't do it and i'm like oh 
Whenever I go outside, I'm like, wow, this is nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm so reluctant to do it. I really don't either. Because you, every time, every time you go outside, you're like, "This is great," uh, and then there was that whole point of time where you were trying to get me to go on walks with you, and I just like, I was not having it. I was depressed or something, um, and then you just stopped going outside for different reasons, and was like, "I'm sad now," and I feel like that's happened like multiple times, and I guess it's 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 much easier to talk about. I just like going for walks with people, so That's I, fair. I, um, I don't know. I get bored if it's just me. Oh, okay. So I like having someone to walk with and chat with. So normally I go with Aaron. That's fair. I, I guess, so I think that makes more sense. Because when I was talking about like wanting to go for walks or like go outside on my own, um, almost all throughout high school, I would go on bike rides by myself. Yeah, bike riding is way different. Why? Because you don't really talk to someone when you're on a bike. But... But it's the same kind of just like going out into the world. But it's like you can't really. It's not because biking is like fast paced and like you're. I don't know if anyone else agrees with me, but biking and walking are two very different things. They are different. They're like absolutely different. But for me, the excursion of just going out on my own. Yeah, but is... I would go for a bike ride by myself all the time. Okay. It's. I feel like you can't really have a conversation with someone on a bike. Whereas if you're walking, there's not really anything else to do. I don't know. That's fine. I just wanted to bring that up because I kind of like, I thought about it and figured it out. That like, oh, that's the reason why I was so much more adamant about going on a walk by myself. Because it was like, yeah, I get it. Because I, I just like it. I like doing, I like like just wandering around. But yeah, going for walks. Uh, yeah. The entire history of the Zelda timeline and glass blowing. What, what, what a treat! Uh, what a show! Um, what a show! Great. Great. I was trying to say Greg. Oh. <laughs> I was gonna say what a show! Greg, we're and Theo say hello. Nice. Uh, but yeah, that is our show. Greg, Word and Theo do indeed say hello. They also say goodbye. <laughs> uh, if you ever want to talk to us or send in suggestions of things that you like and we can say it on air uh, send us an email at all one word we like stuff and so should you at gmail.com uh, or find us on instagram at uh, w-l-s-a-s-s-y uh, w-l-s-a-s-y there it is yeah um, thanks to Matt Campbell for our background music and everything else that you do. I still haven't talked to you and I'm still, I'm going to, I'm going to call us both out every time I remember that we still haven't talked. It's been weeks. Uh, <laughs> thanks to everybody at, uh, Trent Radio. Uh, I guess that's, yeah, that's it. Um, thanks. Thanks, thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.